filibuster receives sponsorship from the Ehrlich Law Office, Discrimination, Wage, and Litigation Solutions for Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia. They want you to know that your rights matter, you deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. They cover workplace discrimination and wage theft, non-competition and non-solicitation litigation, civil rights, takings and disability, and a lot more. For a free consultation, go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. So over the the holiday weekend, the Thanksgiving weekend, uh, we drove to Cincinnati. We drove 500 miles each direction, body um bum. Um, and while we were there, we went uh, to. Sorry, Ben. A... I can't tell you how mad I am that you headed off, <laughs> headed that off. So I'm not going to let you continue right now. <laughs> if you're going to take that away from me. I'm going to interrupt you anyway. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but but while we were there, we went to uh, Coney Island, uh, in the, the Cincinnati Coney Island, which is an amusement park. Uh, they do like balloon glows there during the summer. And in the winter, they do a, uh, yes, yes, Jason, uh, balloon glows. What is that? Oh, uh, balloon glows are when you get a bunch of hot air balloons in a mm. big field and mm. then you um, light up, you, you like inflate them, but then you just like keep them tethered to the ground. And then as the okay. sun sets, they all like burn their burners together. But since they're tethered to the ground, they just stay there. But you see like the flames going up into all of these many different hot air balloons uh, across the uh, across the field. Okay. Carry on. Now I know what one of is. my good friends. One of my good friends in high school. Her dad was a pilot, but also had was a hot air balloon. He was a plane pilot yes. and also a hot air balloon pl- pilot. So I helped them uh, tether it to the ground. A, a balloonist, a ballooner. Uh, yes, I, I would say balloonist would be my guess. Balloon pilot. I don't know. Uh, if you're a balloon pilot and want to sponsor filibuster. <laughs> Not sure how that would work. <laughs> it's not our business to know how the business the business of ballooning <laughs> right. works. That's not our That's end of true. things. That's true. Um, but yes, so in the winter time, they have a drive-through Christmas lights display, and you like turn your radio to whatever FM dial uh, that the broadcast is on because they synchronize music to the lights, obviously naturally and so we get there early we're in line and it's me it's my wife it's my child and my dad Uh, my mom decided to stay home and my dad has brought an entire box of wine uh with him Uh, and so he's passing out gets thrown around a lot these days (laughs) i also yes my this is my dad the one of go ahead ben yeah, my dad, the one who brings Dos Equis and Rolling yeah. Rock uh, yeah. to my a house. A recurring theme is your dad bringing alcohol to things. And it was this alcohol you wanted then? Because I know the beers are not really what you want. I mean, at least this time, it's like he, like the box wine is what he and my mom drink. So I knew I was not going to be saddled with this box of wine. Okay. He was going to take this box of wine back with him. Okay. And we were, we were we were in his hometown, not mine. So, sure. uh, but yes, he was. Uh, what kind of box are we talking here? Uh, barefoot, barefoot okay. Chardonnay. Okay, we're not talking about the the hulking uh, Franzia box. No, no, okay. no, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was. He had and he had his solo cups, and so he was passing around wine uh, to uh, the folks in the car. And so we just drove through the lights, and for legal purposes, I did not. <clears throat> I did not have any wine uh, since I was driving. Um, I'm pretty sure Ohio still has open container laws, but we're going to ignore those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I so yeah, like- we drove around, enjoyed the lights. My daughter rocked out to, uh, um, uh, oh heck, what's the song? What's the what's the Frozen song, Adam? It just left my brain. Let it go, Ben. Monster Mash. That- 
that one. Um, <laughs> yes, my, that was like the, the big finale song on the on the synchronization. So my daughter rocked out to that, and then uh, we went home. I do like the the development of of the character development of your dad, and I hope that this um, this bringing alcohol into places that probably shouldn't <laughs> becomes a trend. Like he just shows up with a big, you know, twenty four case of something at. A small child's birthday, or uh, or so, um, somewhere else where it's not really supposed to happen. A handle of uh, whiskey at church. Yeah, yeah. See, you get where this is going. Um, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to this character's continued development. <laughs> hey, hey, welcome in. It is filibuster, the Black and Red United, and uh, Ben's dad is a hero podcast frankly. I'm Adam Taylor, joined by Ben Bromley and Jason Anderson. We are all from blackandredunited.com, where we cover DC United, among other things. Uh, Tonight, we have some DC United roster news to break down for you, and we will continue our walk through the roster with our own uh, breakdown of who we want to see return next year, who we don't. Uh, A segment that has a disputed name, but I insist on calling it Cake or Death. Wrongly called. I, I, incorrectly I, I disagree yeah. I, I fervently disagree um before we do any of that though jason what are you drinking uh so i i got my booster on monday and so i spent tuesday feeling uh just real low energy not bad bad but like not well enough to have drinks so i'm glad we have this show uh we're recording on uh wednesday uh because i do feel well enough to have a drink and i'm having uh, some some scotch. I'm having some Laphroaig ten year, nice on the rocks. Uh, it's it's good. It's 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 Scotch weather. It's um it's humid actually, so it's not 100 percent Scotch weather. I, I went out and found it to be like weirdly clammy instead of just cold, but whatever. It's close enough. That's pretty common in this region. Honestly, yeah. it's a weird thing about this region is that we mm-hmm. humid winters makes no sense. Shouldn't happen. But uh, I got weirdly tired right before we um, started recording. So my plan had been to use some of the very nice syrups I made for the old-fashioned bar that I traditionally make uh, or supply at Thanksgiving. Um, And I made some good ones this year. I have like a maple orange cardamom syrup um, and a mulling spices syrup. But I I got weirdly tired and did not feel like actually getting out the the spirits and mixing and everything so i just grabbed a beer um and what we have is something from ben's neck of the woods but uh it's something that i don't think ben will actually approve of at the same time so it's devil's backbone but it's their naughty or nice cold ipa and a cold ipa is seriously just a fancy name for a hoppy lager just over hopping a lager Makes oh, it a cold no. IPA. Yeah, I thought this was going to be like a Microsoft beer. No, it is. Like, it's a nice can. Like, the can art window, is fun. Windows the beer. <laughs> it is not a Linux beer. I will okay. I will say that much. Well, th- anyway, it's fine. It's a fine beer. If someone finds a Linux-based beer, you got to let Ben know as soon as you possibly can. Yes, if you're listening to the sure. show, you owe it to Ben. Tell him immediately. And if you are listening to this show and associated with somebody like Clown Shoes Brewing, uh, make that beer. Complete with the wild-ass can art, because we need that in our lives. But, like, get in touch with Ben. He'll help you, probably. Ben's probably got some ideas that he doesn't even know he has, but they're they're in him somewhere on a Linux-based beer. He's been waiting for this. (laughs) Hey, Ben, what are you drinking tonight? So, uh, as I just mentioned, we were in Cincinnati for Thanksgiving, and so we uh, brought some beer back with us. We went to uh, Mad Tree Brewing, which is one of Cincinnati's great breweries, uh, while we were there, and I uh, drank one there and then brought it back with me. Uh, I have a can of Thundersnow, which is a spiced Scottish ale. Uh, Notes of vanilla and spice and cardamom and... So yes, it's it's a it's a dark Scottish ale, but it's it's wintry and warming. Excellent, sounds good. I love the name too. Yeah. Uh, DC United 
announced their year-end uh, roster decisions, contract decisions this week, uh, announcing which players had their options renewed, which players uh, they're, they're negotiating with to try to resign, uh, and which players they're just saying goodbye to uh, for being out of contract this year, options or no options. Um, and we here on Filibuster find it is our duty to to go through this list and um, supply you, dear listeners, with our thoughts. So uh, let's get to it. Um, first up, the options that have been exercised. These are players that will be back next year. Andy Nahar, Donovan Pines, Adrian Perez, Tony Alfaro, Drew Scundrich, and Kamarni Smith. Um, I guess I'll just throw it open to you guys for any thoughts. Uh, I mean, I would start with, um, you know, Nahar. There were some some rumblings that he wanted uh, to get paid, and rightly so, for, you know, yeah. obviously earning it this season. Um, I'm not surprised the club ex- exercised his option. I I wonder what's in that contract, because if his option was exercised and it's, you know, a satisfactory raise for him, then maybe he's ha- perfectly happy to continue playing here. Obviously, this year went really well. Um it's a, it's an environment he seems to thrive in. Um, but if the contract isn't right, does that solve the problem of him possibly wanting to go back to Europe? Because he has not closed that door by any means. And we know that DC one uh, wasn't very good without him playing in that right center back role. And then two, there aren't really, there are some teams that tried to learn from that and adapt that to their team. Uh, but there aren't really Andy Nahars like, Alistair mm-hmm. Johnson playing in Nashville doesn't do what Andy Nahar does. Um, that there is there are imi- there are imitations around the league, but you can only get the genuine article uh, with Nahar. And if he wants out, that's a that's a problem. DC might have to circle back and redo that deal so that he's satisfied. But we don't know is the thing. It's an yeah. unknown at this point. Yeah, but especially with them buying some time so that they can do that renegotiation. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. We, we've seen when it comes to these unilateral options, players can force their way out of it. Um, if not legally, then practically they can, they can essentially force a sale. Um, but in, I, I think I said a while ago that um, when word of the, the talks to extend Andy and uh, were, were first breaking that I would be surprised if they, or I would I would take it as a bad sign if they exercise this option and it just stayed that way because I don't think he'll be happy, um, at least based on the initial reporting with what that salary is. Um, and I think the team is trying to get him paid, and I, I really hope that this is just uh, a way to keep his rights locked down while they finish those contract negotiations for a new contract. Or, or that maybe his Which contract, I think he's earned. Or, or that, that that second year in the contract could be satisfactory. Um, right. That could have been built into the deal. Um, it, there's no there's nothing forcing the team to stick him with the normal minimum minimum required MLS raise. Um, they right. could have said, if you get through year one without as many injuries, then the your salary balloons next year, blah, blah, blah. We don't these are the things right. we we don't know. Yeah. And maybe and maybe. uh Maybe he's happy. Maybe he'd be happy with a one year uh, good, good raise contract, but doesn't want to sign a multi year. To, yeah, right. To keep his options open. That's true. Yeah, I, my understanding was from reporting, if I'm remembering correctly, it was a um, one-year contract with two single option years held by the team. So this would be the first of those two option years, and the team would potentially have control of him for one more year after next year, if if my memory is correct on this. That that is correct. Um, there is the options are 2022 and 2023. So yeah, you're right. So we'll we'll see when the players' union announces salaries, I guess, um, or you know, barring a, a new contract being announced, uh, well, we got to wait to see what what it is Andy will be making and whether he's happy. Because I want Andy to be happy, not just for DC United, but uh, you know, I root for Andy Nahar as a person too. Um, Kamarni Smith is maybe a little surprising for some people to see his exercise or his option exercised. Um, he spent the entire year at Loudon, um, after being a, a high draft pick last year, uh, his, his fellow first round draft pick for DC United will not be returning. And we'll talk about him more later, but 
Um, I wonder what this means for Smith. If they, they liked his development at Loudon, if they, it means he has a path to the first team next year. I don't know. Um, but something to keep an eye on, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact that they were willing to extend your, or not extend, but exercise the option on an international, um, speaks to it must have gone pretty well. They must be pretty satisfied with what they saw uh, from him with Loudon and when he was training with DC. Um, they aren't in the international spot bind that they have been for quite a while. This is the first time they've actually had some space to operate with. Um, and so, that I mean, maybe that is part of it, that maybe they have the luxury of keeping him around and seeing, you know, Maybe, maybe it's one of those where like, well, the jury's still out, but let's give him another year because we can. Um, that's hard to say because, you know, unfortunately at this stage, um, hopefully we'll get this in the near future, but it is a little unclear. It's it, The team wants to solidify the path from Loudon to DC, but it is still a fairly new thing. We don't have a ton to judge it on for non-homegrown players. We just talked about this with um, uh, Gaussu Samake, that um this is kind of unknown territory um and so he is the first one to get a contract like that smith is a little different because he's got a dc deal but spent the whole season with loudon um but we didn't hear anything he's not a name that was talked about by the team one way or another um so there is that element of how satisfied were they it's not clear obviously to some extent they were that this was their chance to not um continue having him around if they didn't want to. So um, that's a, that one's a little bit of a mystery to me, but um, it's, it speaks to his ability to pick up the system that they're sticking with him to some extent, because there are other attacking players who are not being stuck with, who are are more experienced. So hopefully they saw enough and this isn't just kind of taking a second flyer on him, but it's hard to say. Well, Jason, they're not in an international spot, international spot bind now, but until the half day trade window after MLS Cup, when they are obviously going to trade an international spot to Montreal and an international spot to Portland. Well, right now we're, we're in, we're, I would really like the team to not do that in part because we're so close to them getting to the point where they have their natural eight international spots and they don't have any outstanding deals with anyone else. Um, I would enjoy that. Uh, I think it's a good idea to be in that state and not in the, we've been scrambling to plug different holes so often that we've been had all these deals out there. Um, we'll see that. I feel like, because right now they could enter like new year's day, 2022, they could walk into the season with five internationals and three open spots because Eric Sorga remaining on loan. Um, he wouldn't occupy one of those spots. Um, having three international spots open, I don't remember the last time DC was in that position. Uh, it's been a long time. And if you want to take this roster to the next level, that is, it seems to me like you would want to have the ability to sign players from anywhere, um, to do that. So they should not trade those spots, in my opinion, to Portland or Montreal or Vancouver (laughs) or anyone else. Especially leveraging, especially leveraging a coach that has, uh, connections in, uh, South America and in Europe. It seems to me like you'd want to keep those spots open. Um, yeah. Keep, keep and use those three. Don't just keep them open forever, but, you know, have them for a little while and then occupy them with good players. Uh, options were declined on uh, Jamil Assad, John Kempen, and Felipe Martins. Um, Assad was also on a list of players who they they said, thank you for your service. They won't be back next year also on that list Ramon Abila, Giovanni Bolivar, Mike DeShields, Joseph Mora, Jordi Reyna. Um some some names on that that list. Uh, I think most of them were pretty well expected uh especially aside I don't think many people are surprised to see Joseph Mora on there fan favorite though he may be. Um I've seen some surprise about Reyna's name being on that list because he did perform late in the season he scored a, a couple of bangers for for the team but four goals on the year we'll we'll you know have our review of him later this off season but um yeah i mean i don't think anybody's really all that surprised by any of those to see them depart 
No, I mean, Reyna, especially the, the price tag you're paying is one of the most highly paid players on the team. Um, and DC's in a situation where both he and Edison Flores have shown flashes of good play, but have also been injured so often. Um, there's, they're kind of, there's the argument that they're kind of redundant in playing style. Um, and if they're both injured and they're both kind of broadly similar in playing style, um, it becomes about not necessarily about which one's the best fit or which one's the best value. Cause I would argue that even though Reyna's salary is what it is, opening that DP spot might be in a vacuum, the better move. Um, Reyna was out of contract, whereas Edison Flores contract, uh, his runs through 2024 with a possible, um, this is kind of a, one of those known unknown kind of situations where he might, there might be an option year in there for 2025, but his contract is guaranteed through 2024. Um, and so when the situation is one player's out of contract, so you don't have to do anything and he's off the roster and you save that money versus a player that you have to go sell um, or come to some sort of mutual termination agreement or something like that. The, the simplest thing to do is to keep the guy that is going to be under contract anyway. So that is what I think DC did is Flores and Reyna oh, yeah. are both kind of in the same boat. One of them, his contract obliges DC to stick around. The other one doesn't. Um, so that's probably what they did. Um, either way, they need to get better production from that style of player, those creative uh, second forward types, those guys that are going to play right and left forward next year um, or, or play underneath if um, – if Losada wants to go with two mm-hmm. strikers out and out, whatever it is, um, that position needs more regular production. And um, Reina's injury problems, it's it's unfortunate, but it's also hard to justify keeping him around when you've got Flores and when it's it, just a lot of money. Yeah, and I think that uh, hopefully this also means that uh, Griffin Yao gets a chance to uh, prove himself and shows that he can step up in, in probably not a starting role, but if he could be a more used off the bench winger uh, attacking uh, midfielder player, uh, that would be good for his development. I think uh, uh, Reina leaving gives, hopefully gives Yao the, uh, the encouragement, the goal to step up into this offseason and uh, help continue his development towards uh, achieving that goal. So Frederick Briant is also out of contract. He um, did not have an option on it. It's just a simple end of the contract. He becomes a free agent along with Felipe and uh, Chris Seitz. Um, are also free agents. Um, the team is the team said that they are um, in the midst of talks with Felipe and Kempen to bring them back um, outside of their their option prices. I assume that would mean essentially a, a senior minimum for for Kempen and a, a salary reduction for Felipe. But we'll we'll see what happens. Um, they, Felipe anyway, is free to sign anywhere in MLS and Kempen, I'm fairly certain is eligible for the re-entry draft or some other Ken- mechanism. Kempen's to... also eligible for free agency. Oh, he is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so either of them could go anywhere, uh, if they don't like the, the terms being offered here, uh, as could Frederick Brian. We'll see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Um, a bona fide offer has been made to Junior Moreno, who is out of contract as well. Um, he is not a free agent. He is not eligible to go to any team in MLS. He can go to any other team in the world outside of MLS, but uh, by making a bona fide offer, DC United retains his MLS rights, essentially. Uh, And so if another team in the league wants to sign him, they will have to pay a little bounty to DC for those rights. Um, I, I have no reason to think Moreno wants to go anywhere else. MLS, but uh, and I'd certainly like to see him stick around. We'll talk about him, I think, in a couple weeks uh, on the the season review segment. But uh, at the very least, DC United is retaining his rights for now, uh, and hopefully, they're able to land him. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that being any any real difficulty. Um, I, I think Moreno will be back next year for sure. Um, to go back a second, um, I, I will say, you know, we kind of talked about Joseph Mora last week. Um, 
with Samake's signing. Um, and, and there were signs, you know, we, I think we talked about, he had a social media post that looked like it was a wave goodbye before the formal announcement. So no one's really surprised. Um, but you know, it's one of those situations where the system is demanding in a way, and maybe this is what's coming up with a few other players like Brihant, for example. Um, I think probably capable of playing in an MLS level uh, in a different system, but in one where so much running back and forth is required Um, coming off of an ankle surgery at 36 is probably not the best sign. I don't, I don't know what his intentions are. I know he's been working um, or at least it seems like he's been working um, in the Academy to some degree, uh, watching games, trying to, progress as a coach. Um, I see the Instagram post that he puts up where he's clearly watching Academy games on a regular basis, um, which is not, it's not a small thing. Uh, so I don't know if he's done at DC United. It just might be, he's done as a player. Um, mm-hmm. That yeah. might be something we hear because you know, maybe he has to sort out whether he wants to keep playing or not before he can make that decision on um, pursuing some kind of coaching role. I don't know. Um, but um, not a, not a big surprise that, the team opted to move on just for, um, you know, it, it's a speed issue. Um, DC's way of playing requires fast players all over the field. It's really tough to not be above average uh, speed wise and play for this team because of the demands that the system comes with. And hence why uh, Abila and his price tag, but hence why Abila, Abila yeah. is leaving too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's been lots of speculation that, Assad was dealing with fitness like he wasn't able to reach the level of fitness that's again been speculation but yeah uh, a lot of these decisions seem very specific to this particular system Joseph Mora you mentioned um, not really able to bring what needs to be on the field going forward when he's playing that left wing back spot Um, I'm a little sad we didn't get to see him at left center back especially in games when Andy Nahar wasn't on the field because he can't provide exactly the same thing, certainly, but he's a fullback who can go forward. He's just not the attacking threat that the wingbacks need to be in this system. So seeing him be able to occasionally get forward from that left center back spot is something that's intriguing to me that we will unfortunately never get to see. Um, But you know, wish him luck. I'm sure he'll land on his feet somewhere and and do very well. His his superpower has always been that last minute sliding tackle, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm sure he'll get to deploy that somewhere else to good use. Whether that's in MLS or or Mexico or or somewhere else in Concacaf, will I, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, one last note on on these announcements: uh, DC United said that they are in negotiations with Cortre over in Belgium for a permanent transfer of Brendan Heinzeich to DC United. He was on loan this year. His loan expired and he's a court trade player, but United is trying to fix that and, and get him back over here full time, which is, I, I think, absolutely the right move. Definitely. I think he, uh, especially when there were injuries at the beginning of the year, he showed that he's a, he knows how to be a good MLS center back. And I think, uh, especially with Briant uh, likely on the way out, I think that Heinzeich would be a prime candidate to step right into that position. Yeah, uh, I, I think he played pretty well um, throughout the year when he was healthy. Um, and it looked like once he came back from the hip surgery, that the team, once he was able to play, they weren't just, he wasn't just happening to be around. Um, I think they were really looking at him as genuine competition with uh, Pines and Birnbaum. Um, it's the three of them for two. As long as Nahar is healthy, it's three of them for the two other spots, uh, which is a good dynamic to have. Um, and it's good that uh, in the case of Heinz, like he can probably play all three spots on the back three. Um, and he seems to get the system. He seems to have the gifts for the system. He wasn't perfect. Um, he wasn't going to win defender of the year if he had been healthy the entire season, but that's not to say he wasn't pretty good. Um, and it stands to reason that, um, that the moves seems like something he would welcome. I can't, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he didn't seem burdened by his time here. Um, uh, he became a father while he was here. He seemed pretty yeah. happy about that. So um, all in all, I, I would, 
put it as pretty likely that the team gets that deal done, whatever it happens to be. Um, I, I don't expect it to be a situation where they're having to pay a, you know, a Nigel Roberta level transfer fee either. Um, so, mm-hmm. but we'll see, you know, you never know. Um, I can't pretend that Cortre is a club that I know the transfer history of all that well. So maybe, maybe they're super, uh, they, they drive a hard bargain. I don't know, but um, hopefully for all parties, it works out because it seemed like a good fit for, for him and for DC. Yeah. He also brought a, a worldliness, I, I guess mm-hmm. is the way I'll say it to, to the team. Um, like Russell Knauss and Junior Moreno, they're both hard nosed players, but they, they're not as concacafy as as you sometimes need to see, uh, especially with so many young players on the team. And Brendan Heinzike, for a guy who started his prof- an American who started his professional career in Europe, the guy has concacaf running through his his veins. He's he he has the housery and the dark arts in a way that I I think not everybody on this team is able to to deploy. And there's a place for that. And mm-hmm. in MLS and yep. um, he, he is able to deploy it, I think uh, to benefit the team. And so another thing he brings to the table that does it for, for the moves. If we didn't mention somebody, it means that they were not out of contract this year and they, you know, barring some other move will be back next year. So Griffin, Yao, Edison Flores, I think we did mention both of them, but um, in, in passing, Paul Ariola, Bill Hamid are all under contract for next year. Moses Nyman, they'll be back uh, barring some other development. Um, but, you know, good luck to the players who are leaving and good luck to the players who are staying. <laughs> one, one, well, so one more player that um, isn't really an addition so much as his contract starts with the team is uh, Jeremy Garay. Um, oh, that's right. The, the team didn't have to do anything. It wasn't an off-season roster move. It's just his con- the terms of his contract begin uh, uh, on January first. So um, DC's adding a player to the roster who's been around but hasn't been formally a DC United player until next month. Um, so that should be cool. Where you know Garay is in an interesting position where he has already started. Uh, there's an international tug of war over who he's going to play for in the future because mm-hmm. he's. He's played a friendly for El Salvador senior team. He's also been called into the under twenties uh, after he got that the US. with El Salvador. Yeah. The, yeah. The U S U twenties. So um, that'll be a really interesting one. Uh, when I was looking through some of the numbers for Samake in USL to sort of see where he stacked up with other fullbacks and wingbacks in the league. One thing I stumbled across was that I think uh, Jeremy Garay had the most passes attempted in the entire USL Uh just to give you an idea of how central he was to everything Loudon was doing, um, which is a huge amount of trust to place in an 18 year old. And also it's kind of the idea of Loudon is yes. uh, if you've got an 18 year old, who's a deep lying playmaker and a tempo setter at defensive midfield, you want to make sure your team is actually having him do that stuff uh, rather than having him try and do something else. So um very interested to see how he progresses because um It'll still be a log jam in midfield uh, if if Moreno and Felipe both re-sign. Um, you've got those two and Canals and Moses Nyman who didn't quite hit that thousand minutes goal that I set uh, last winter uh, in part because of injuries and in part because down the stretch it seemed like the team chose you know they they chose pure results over over him. He kind of fell off the map in terms of playing time, but. Um, how Garay figures into that is going to be very interesting because it's not like he's not also going to need that kind of time. Uh, he's not going to get better without minutes, just like Nyman isn't. So um, I, that's probably a factor in the Felipe negotiations. If we're being honest, um, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not going to be purely about placing a value on Felipe within the roster. It's going to be, how does, how much do you want to pay for Felipe to stick around when you also have Nyman and Garay coming through? Um and so it's not, it might not be the initial offer for Felipe. I'm just speculating, but it might not be 100% in line with his view of what he should be offered. Not because his view of himself is inflated, but because the team has, has to find a ways for Garay and Nyman to play. And maybe Garay spends all next year playing for Loudon anyway. I don't know. But 
at a certain point, you do have to say, like, if we're going to tell these players to come through the academy and come through Loudon and climb up to the senior team, you do have to give them time. And Losada has been willing to do that for a lot of the year. But this will be one more test in that department of um, that that position is going to get more crowded, even though there wasn't an incoming transfer. It's 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 a move that I think is going to fly under the radar a little. Uh, it's why I bring it up is just Garai might get forgotten in the mix, but he has bolstered central midfield just by time going by. Uh, that opens some questions, too, about the tactical approach next year. Um, mm-hmm. But. We'll, we'll talk about that more on a future episode, I'm sure. For now, we'll call that a segment. We'll be right back with Cake or Death. Stick around. It's Filibuster. All right. Say you're at work and uh, something unfortunate or untoward happens and you need some legal representation to, uh, to assert your rights. In that situation, whether a boss mistreated you, you were fired unfairly, uh, or, or or something worse happens, Ben, in the District of Columbia and Northern Virginia, you know who to call, right? Yeah, you call the Ehrlich Law Office because you have rights. That's right, and your rights matter, and you deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. The Ehrlich Law Office handles workplace discrimination. They do civil rights. Uh, if you have a wage theft issue, they are there for you. If you have uh, a separation from your employer that you want to to get down on paper and you're dealing with a, a non-compete clause or or something to to that effect, if you, uh, if you feel like your civil rights have been violated by a local government, call the Ehrlich Law Office. Uh, if you want a free consultation, tell them we sent you. Go to EhrlichLawOffice.com slash filibuster. Welcome back to Filibuster, the Black and Red United podcast. Uh, it's that time of year again. Last week, we started our journey through the roster, asking for each player whether we want them back or not. We got through nine names last week, and if you want to hear those names from the beginning of the alphabet go back in your your podcatcher and listen to those uh this week we have nine more names we're going to start off looking at three of them a little bit in depth and then uh what do we do for the last six ben a lightning round lightning round um tm you gotta you gotta put the trademark on that first up this Uh, week we uh, have not trademarked the term lightning round we we have not (laughs) still want to put it there but uh, no, we definitely haven't trademarked the term lightning round. We yes. might consider trademarking lightning round, though. Uh, it's an how, important uh, distinction. As as a as a person with some experience in the legal profession, Adam, how would how would those documents be written to emphasize <laughs> that you have to say it that way? I my instinct is all caps, italicized with an exclamation point. Okay. But is that going to hold up in a court? I don't know. I've never... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, a little uh, nomenclature for everyone here. Uh, if you haven't listened to this before, you are, you know what? We're just going to throw you in the deep end. We're not going to explain anything. We did it last week. Uh, first up this week, Edison Flores, uh, one of two designated <laughs> players on this team, United's most expensive transfer Uh ever uh played in just 16 games this year 11 of them starts less than a thousand minutes uh not far off 973 um two goals and five assists in in less than a thousand minutes um obviously not the season you want to see from him we know he is under contract for next year so barring a sale or some other machinations uh he will be back but should he be Jason, cake or death? This one's really tough uh, because I, I've said this throughout his time here that I think Flores is a good player. I think he's better than the fan base tends to think he is. Uh, but at the same time, the injuries are a big problem and they don't appear to be going away. Um, the fact that despite the flashes of good play, we haven't had a consistent run of more than two to three games in a row where he looked 
good and never never five million dollars good um so yeah i i kind of do think that it might be best for the team to move on um i don't like that but i also i i wanted this one to move to work but i i just don't think it has i have to say fox ben what do you say um mostly for the economic reasons that we talked about in the previous segment and the contract reasons i think i'm gonna go goat but there's like a fox like creeping out of its burrow ready to like nibble the goat's ankles off uh is I that think, what foxes do i don't know um i think that like if they can find a deal for him like jason was says to get him off the books of dc united uh they, I would assume they'd be tempted to take that deal because um, he was not a player that was picked by Rushton or uh, Lasada. Uh, he came in, all the, the negotiations are happening before they came on board. Uh, and so if they can find a way to, re- to continue to make the team in their image, uh, they might take that. But I think, I think that, uh, I think, giving him one more year isn't a bad idea. Hopefully uh, Losada and the, the fitness team can get him going and he's shown he can do it. So maybe he can actually do it next year. So I'm going to go goat, but like I said, with a sneaky Fox behind it. I'm, I'm cake uh, with less reservations. I think um, he played not just few minutes himself. He played, even fewer minutes, almost none with the other top players on this team all on the field. So Paul Areola was seemed to be hurt on an alternating schedule with Flores. Ola Kamara um, didn't get a ton of minutes with him, especially early on um, when Flores seemed to be rounding into form. I want to see what happens if I want to see if they can be on the field together at all, or if it's just cursed. Um, But as Ben said, the, Losada and his fitness people, um, they they got Andy Nahar back on the field. They they can recognize and under what the underlying issue might be. And with Flores, sometimes it's you know getting kicked in the face, and you can't really control for that. But to the extent that there are muscle or um, things that you can build strength in one area to prevent injuries in another. Um, I, I want to see Flores work on that this off season, do the work so that he can stay healthy next year. Um, Cause I think there's a chance he comes out of the gates flying next year and makes us all look really silly for even worrying about it. But there's also a chance that doesn't happen. But for this year, I'm going to, I'm going to say cake and um, well, you know, hopefully he won't make me regret that. And he can be the, the comeback player of the year next year for not overcoming any injury specifically just for, you know, playing good when he hasn't played don't, good in just, recent years. Don't even, don't even mention it. I'm still so mad about that. It's, it's the dumbest award and it's presented the dumbest way. Uh, next up, Ola Kamara uh, may not be the league's golden boot winner, but the golden boot in our heart, certainly 28 appearances, 22 of them from the jump, uh, just over 1800 minutes 19 goals, five assists, missed out on the the MLS golden boot by three assists on the tiebreaker with uh, Tati Castellanos up at NYCFC. Ben, we'll start with you this time. Cake or death? I mean, definitely go. You got to you got to bring back the league's leading goal scorer. I mean, yeah, Uh, he he. did well on penalties and hopefully that can continue. I mean, that's part of being a goal scorer is doing well on penalties. And he also started to show some uh, uh, good, good interactions with uh, Julian Gressel. And hopefully that can spread to other uh, members of the team as well with Paul Ariola and the rest. So yeah, uh, a definite goat for Ola Kamara. I agree. You you got to bring him back. Um, and, and it's his starting job until someone beats him to it. Uh, one thing that was interesting to me is when he and Roberta were playing together and it was, 
you know, it was generally late in the season. It was a pretty fluid front line between three people or two people or, or whatever. Uh, but when it was came time to press or to back press or, you know, make a sprint, more often than not, it was Kamara making that sprint over Roberta, which was surprising because Roberta is the young guy and Kamara is the one with all the minutes in his legs. But Kamara was he was still making those sprints. He's he's a worker out there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like in to put it in Ben Olsen terms, in a lot of ways, he's a piano carrier who happens to score goals in a lot of ways. Um, and that's that's not a bad thing, especially in this system which requires so much work out of everybody. Um, so you got to bring him back. I'm, I'm less concerned about his age than I thought I would be at this point, uh, partly because he, he did do the work that I think Edison Flores needs to do this off season. He did it last off season, Kamara and, and got fit and got healthy. And we saw the rewards. He could win the golden boot next year. Uh, and it would be less of a surprise, certainly, but, uh, he had fewer minutes than any of the other Golden Boot contenders this year, so his goals per minute uh, were really high. A lot of people like to bag on his finishing, but he exceeded, or at least came very close. Maybe by the end he was a little bit, but he came very close to exactly hitting his expected goals number for the year on actual goals, if I remember correctly. So I feel good about Kamara, and I want him back next year. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I will say as much as um, there is, it, it's an interesting thing you bring up his um, his finishing because, you know, there's this idea of bagging on people for taking too many penalties. You're like, oh, you're padding your stats with penalties. Like, well, if DC United is going to be a team that has Andy Nahar and Kevin Paredes and Paul Ariola and puts teams under this kind of pressure where they're winning this many penalties, which... I do think was a it wasn't an accident. It was a consequence of tactics and personnel. Um, then who your penalty taker matters, uh, who, who your penalty taker is matters. Um, and Kamara went, uh, I think, 10 for 11 uh, or nine for 10. One of those two. I think I think the team was 10 for 11. He was nine for 10. Um, uh, shout out to Yamil Assad for the the other one. Um, but the, the point is that uh Kamara's goal scoring total was the product of good play. It wasn't accidental. It wasn't um, just a weird thing that happened. It was, he got healthy. Uh, he doubled, doubled down on his, his own efforts to improve his, his game. And he ended up with the highest goal scoring total he's had in MLS. He's never scored 19 goals in a season before. Um, the time he scored 18 required him playing every single game of the entire season for Columbus um, whereas in this case, he appeared in 28 games and only started 22. Um, Kamara only played about 500 more minutes in 2021 than he did in 2020. Um, to, to put it in into terms that kind of make it more practical, um, he didn't play all that much more and yet scored 15 more goals in, in that time. Um, so the system obviously suits him. He himself uh, is putting in the work to be better. Um, I think this one's an easy goat. I will say that at age 32, I feel like 2021 is going to be his best season. I I don't expect 2022 to be an improvement um, Mm -hmm. on that, just given when you score, when you have your season best or your career best uh, season at that age, you don't tend to then improve on it. Um, It's just the odds are against that. But that doesn't mean that he's going to fall off a cliff. And if he's a 15-goal scorer in this coming season, that's still very good. Uh, and there's no reason to want to get rid of him. So, yeah, absolutely keep him around. Um, and hopefully that dynamic, you know, Adam, you mentioned that he was often tracking back. Some of that is that towards the end of the season, um, Losada wanted Roberta's speed higher up so that he's mm-hmm. making the first run to stretch teams. Um that is an interesting dynamic that might benefit Kamara more because he'll be able to find the spaces underneath um, and make those second runs. Um, but it, it was a work in progress amid some pretty imperfect conditions at the end of the year uh, around yes. them. Um, they were having to deal with a lot. Uh, and so I don't, I don't know that we got to see that dynamic in its best light because of everything else that was going on, how beat up the team was. So an interesting situation for sure, whether they play, 
both of them or whether next year uh, they go back to more three, four, three, and maybe it's, it's Kamara and Roberta fighting for one spot, which is not bad. Uh, that's a good scenario. Yeah. Uh, I think succession planning definitely needs to happen. Uh, but for next year, Kamara comes in as the presumptive starter and it's mm. up to everyone else to, to dethrone him. Uh, next name on the list, Felipe Martins. We talked about him in the last segment. Um, he's out of contract. He's a free agent, can go wherever he wants. Uh, the question is, do we want him back here? He played a sneaky 27 games this year, had 27 appearances, only nine starts. He came in as a sub twice as often as he started games. A little over 1,100 minutes, one goal, which was a glorious one. Uh, Three assists. Uh, I guess I'll start. You guys got to start the last couple, so I have to make a decision here. Um, I think I'm going to say we should move on from Felipe. Um, We got into it in the last segment. We got a logjam in central midfield, and if especially if we're going to play 3-4-3, which I don't know if we are. We might play 3-5-2 or 3-4-1-2. But really, unless you have three true central midfielders or a defensive midfielder and two uh, true central midfielders, we have too many bodies there that we need to get minutes for between Kanaus and Moreno and Nyman and Garay. I guess you could send Garay back to Loudon and have Felipe you know, stick around. But I think, especially with Heinz Eich, you don't need Felipe's uh, darker qualities on the field as desperately. Um, he's a great presence. I've I've grown to like him in spite of myself uh, over, over the last couple of years that he's been on the team. He's been a guest on our show. But um, at this point, maybe, maybe it's time to move on. So. Well, and... Well, and one player we haven't mentioned either in, we didn't mention uh, just now or in the rundown segment previously, but uh, Drew Skundrich is a Swiss army knife of a player and played very yeah. well this year. And if so if you bring back Moreno and Canals as your presumptive starters, you have Skundrich as the Swiss army knife who can play that Felipe sub role uh, or and move around. If he's playing further up, he can move back and let an attacking player come on or there's a lot of options there uh, with him as like the primary more veteran sub. And then you have all the, the youth that we mentioned as well. I think... It, it, in my mind, it almost comes down to between Skundrich and Felipe to fill that one like kind of archetypical role. And I think I agree with you, Adam. I would go with Skundrich and therefore uh, uh, wish Felipe a a fond adieu. See, so, yeah, I'm I'm kind of leaning towards goat, uh, and it's mostly because of some player availability issues that I fear that DC might run into yeah. again. We haven't had a fully healthy Russell Knaus, uh, you know, where, where he's playing 30 plus games. That hasn't happened. Um, we also have to factor in that Junior Moreno is still going to be, I mean, assuming he resigns, which is another, you know, factor here. If he doesn't resign, then I bet your votes might change if he were to opt out yes. and go elsewhere. Yes. Um, but assuming he does, it seems like he will. Um, he's still going to get called in by Venezuela. Um, and MLS did say they want the schedule to have less overlap with the international window, but you have to figure that there were, there were games this year where the guys that came back from South America were still given that next game off because they got back to town, like, you know, 40 hours before kickoff stepping off of a, you know, multi-leg flight from, from South America back to the U S having just played a game the night before. Well, and they they somehow they somehow want less interna- less overlap with international while they're gonna also have to end the season earlier because of the World Cup. So don't don't, don't try and question the logic of the schedule. <laughs> it's mean, only been not make sense. They're not starting it in April this year. They're also gonna yeah. have fewer midweek games. Like they they're they wanna have it all. They they do want to have it all. It's just that we live in a cal the calendar is what it is and it doesn't change. Um right. We live in I, a. I, I assume the U.S. Open Cup will be next. Will be back next year. I certainly uh, hope it will. They're be. doing qualifying. Uh, yeah, 
You've got a so couple that's... teams from Virginia that that uh, earned their right. spots into the first round. A couple of amateur teams. So... And then what? The 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 Nations League. Uh, uh, that's that, not till. Or the. Yeah. The the league. The Nations Cup. League. The expanded League's Cup isn't until. Yeah. The expanded League's Cup is not until 2023. But there's still the unexpanded one. We're not in that. Well, yeah, but. but the, so the that's point not a worry about, about availability. It. But the the point is that the calendar is going to be harsh and it's probably going to result in Moreno needing to miss a couple of games here and there for international duty, even if the windows don't technically overlap, which they probably will anyway, because whenever FIFA can screw something up and expand, they'll probably had like an extra international tournament, the 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 Yes. The Globe Cup. Um, I don't know. Um <laughs> they'll they'll make up one on the spot and every team in the world will be involved. I don't know. Um, oh no! It's gonna be but, it's gonna be this. They're gonna give Elon Musk a team, and they'll call it the Mars Cup. Oh God! I don't even want to think about that. Yeah, no, it's totally gross. Um, Let's not one, even one try thing, and joke about that. But one thing that comes up when we think about the logjam of central midfielders is that Nyaman and Garay are tempo setting type of guys. They aren't going to be your ball winner. Um, Drew Skundrich isn't really a ball winner. He's more box to box. Um, so when Canals and Moreno are unavailable or need a rest, you don't necessarily have a ball winner type. And Felipe is kind of, he's kind of the guy that can get, can do both of those things. He can be your controlling tempo setter. He can be the guy that holds his position like Moreno and is more focused on occupying space uh, defensively and being the guy that slows the transition play down. He can also be, uh, you know, the guy that likes to go kick people and, and that has to go kick people because that's the job as a ball winner. Um, he can do both of those things. And so um, I think that if you don't have that player profile with him, you'd have to go find it somewhere else. And I don't know if you'll be able to find it. So if the team can find a price point that Felipe is okay with, that they're okay with, then I'm leaning towards GOAT for that reason, because he is a player that can you plug him into central midfield and you don't have to worry about who he's pairing with because he can just do what that person can't. If he's paired with Moreno, he can be Canals. If he's paired with Canals, he can be Moreno. If he's paired with Nyaman, he can be Canals, et cetera. Um, you have, you have flexibility there that you otherwise are asking someone to take on a role, not a position, but a role that is not necessarily theirs. On to the lightning round. Um, we got six names to get through. Um, we'll, we'll see how, how true to the lightning round we can, we can be. First up is Mike DeShields. No first team appearances this year. Spent the entire season at Loudoun where he had, uh, 14 appearances, 10 starts, 684 minutes, not a ton of time for, for the first round draft pick there. Ben cake or death. Um, I'm going to go with Fox just because I think the the team knows what they're doing. I think they evaluated him at Loudoun and with the first team for what Losada wants to do, and it must not have uh, worked out for whatever reason. And so I'm going to, uh, based on agreeing with the team's leadership, I'll go uh, Fox. Jason? Yeah, I have to go with Fox. I mean, if... DeShields wasn't able to break into the Loudon lineup when he was healthy, then he's not going to break into DC's lineup this year. Um, I, I was rooting for him as a Marylander, but it, it just didn't seem to work out. Yeah, it's unanimous. Um, especially a team that, that shipped goals the way Loudon did. Uh, a center back, you'd think, in a three-back system, it was all there for him and just it didn't work out. So hope he lands well somewhere else and and makes a career but it, it it's not going to start here unfortunately next up jacob green the homegrown player had 24 appearances 17 starts uh 1558 minutes for loudon none for the first team here in dc um but you gotta say you gotta say cake right like he's a homegrown guy he's getting minutes at loudon um that that's really all it takes. It's not a super high bar at that point. Yeah, I mean, goat because he's homegrown. He's basically free. They can keep him at Loudon another year if they need to. Yeah, he's from Crofton. <laughs> yeah, 
I, I don't which, know if you guys heard. One, there's only there's that's only Gambrose. one. It's, yeah, Gambrose that's is Gambrose. the one that's hard that's to right. I'm mixing um, up our bits. I apologize. Yeah, how dare you? First of all, Adam, a grave <laughs> offense that is going to slow this lightning round down real fast. Um, I hope everyone listening at home is prepared for 20 minutes on the difference between these two places. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that to anyone. Um, there are none. That's the thing. No. See, Adam, you're tempting fate because I was just about to move on. <laughs> I really was steering into moving on and you decided we had to stop. So, Adam, everyone. That's my job. Adam. Yeah. That's, let's. <laughs> We gotta talk about roles here. This is a Ben a Ben move. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I I get taking myself is, now. This is an easy uh, goat. Uh, Green's a USU twenty. He's clearly a player with a bright future. He's played a ton for Loudon. I assume that that's where he'll be again next year. But hopefully, we'll see him sprinkled in, getting some. Uh, you know, he was on the bench twice this year for DC. Didn't play. Um, hopefully, we'll see him suiting up a few more times and maybe getting in a few times the open cup as you mentioned adam uh could be coming back uh i really hope is coming back next year i hope the world is well enough to allow it and that would be a good opportunity for him to make his debut i think so yeah go uh next up julian gressel um arguably the team mvp if it wasn't the the leading goal scorer uh it was very likely uh the right wing back who uh played in every game this season started 31 of them 2700 minutes uh, two goals and 13 assists um made the offense go in in many many ways and also underrated on the defensive side of things uh to my mind easy easy cake for me uh possibly the most obvious one uh on the entire roster yeah jason you said you said too many words it's go <laughs> Yeah, uh, Julian Gressel should should be. I don't know if he's going to be, but he should be on the MLS best eleven. Um, I I firmly believe that. I think he should have been one of the easiest votes uh, given his position. This is a goat for sure. Uh, perfect fit for what DC is trying to do. Next up is Bill Hamid. Bill Bill Hamid, uh, homegrown keeper legend in this city at this point. Twenty one starts, eighteen hundred minutes. Um, it, it, easy easy cake. Goat. Yeah, uh, go, goat for sure. Hopefully we're seeing a, a fully healthy 2022 for him. Yes, get healthy, get strong this offseason. Um, next up, Brendan Heinzeich. Uh, we talked about him some in the last segment. His loan ended. The team is negotiating to buy his rights or, or facilitate a transfer, uh, permanent transfer of some kind. 13 appearances, 12 of them starts, a little over a thousand minutes, one goal, one assist for the center back. Um, Ben, take or death. Yeah. Like I said in the previous segment, uh, I'm, I'm bullish on uh, uh, Brennan Heinzeich, which I guess means I'm bringing another animal into this uh, conversation. Um, uh, But yes, I definite goat. I, I, like, like we said, I think he could be, uh, the replacement for Frederick Briant, uh, or if not, that means that Donovan Pines uh, beat him out, which uh, is a good thing either way. So a definite goat for Brennan Heinzeich. Yeah, it's cake. Yeah, uh, a goat. Uh, a goat that's been acquired on loan from Belgium with an eye to a permanent transfer to the U.S. Uh, last up for this episode. Uh, Possibly a little more contentious. We'll see. John Kempen, uh, backup goalkeeper, had 10 appearances, nine of them starts, just under 900 minutes, which is more than you want for your the guy who started the season as the third string keeper. Um, the team is in talks with him to, to bring him back for next year, but he's currently out of contract. Jason, cake or death for John Kempen? Yeah, this one could be a long segment, but uh, I, I'm leaning towards GOAT based on the idea that I think we didn't see him at his best in 2021 and that there is a higher ceiling than we saw. But if the team brought in two goalkeepers to back up Hamid, I would not be writing a long complaint article by any means. Yeah, I would... <sighs> I lean... Go just because 
it's nice to have two goalkeepers back that know Losada's system. But similarly, I would love a high upside uh, third goalkeeper to come in and maybe challenge Kempen for that spot or uh, get a lot of minutes at uh, uh, Loudon and be built up to uh, uh, challenge that spot. Yeah, I lean the other way um, right now. I know the team is talking with him to bring him back, but um, his his performances were just soft. They were bad performances this year. And in a, a system that had like is going to allow those high leverage chances, you need your backup keeper to be able to make the basic saves. And he missed on some basic ones, um, at least to, it looked like to me. So... I, I would move on. I'm sure he will find a job. I almost think that he should drop down to a, an independent USL championship team where he can be the starter and, you know, get lots of minutes. Cause that's the thing he's missed in his career is he, he came in very young and has been a backup his entire career. He didn't, he didn't have the opportunity that Bill Hamid had to, to jump into a starting role as a teenager. And so Kempen has struggled to get minutes and hasn't always performed. He does get them. So I, I almost want to see him, you know, kind of reset and and become a starter at a team where at a level where he he can be the weekend and week out starter, and that won't be here. So I I would lean the other way. I I, I want him to succeed though, um, and if he is back next year, I'll certainly be rooting for him. That does it for for this week's episode. Unless anybody has anything else they want to throw in hearing nothing thank you all for listening find us at blackandredunited.com if you want to support us financially do that at patreon.com slash filibuster we're on twitter because of course we are at filibuster dcu for the podcast at black and red U for the website i'm the underscore amt jason is jason dc soccer ben is bromley soccer um find us all there um Download, subscribe, rate, review wherever you get your podcasts. We have an email address, but nobody sends email anymore, right? Like it's it doesn't happen. Uh, thanks again for listening. For Jason and Ben, I'm Adam. We'll talk to you again real soon. Say goodbye, Jason. So one way you can tell the difference between Crofton and Gambrels is that there are more houses in Crofton. It's just a more densely populated area.